Welcome to the Myelin and Melanin podcast with Dawn and Dana. We're just two women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. And I am really happy to say that this is episode 25. 25. I can't believe it. Yes. And technically, this is the one year anniversary of Myelin and Melanin. Happy anniversary. Yes, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, Dana. Yes. (laughs) It is just so, you know, I think I was exciting. It is exciting. I was looking back on the dates of uh, past podcasts and I think we were so, we had decided that January 19th was going to be our debut date. Right. But I think we had launched the first episode early because we were probably a couple so days, excited. Yeah. But looking back on our old Instagram posts, our very first post said, you know, we're launching January 19th. Right. I and remember like, that. Yes. And it's like, oh my God, it's one year. And it's kind of cool that our 25th episode lands on our on one year anniversary. It does. I mean, a small idea was birthed into something fantastic, and I'm just so happy. Exactly. So how have you been? How have you been feeling? I have been feeling great. I don't have any complaints. I mean, again, besides, like I always say, besides the fatigue, I think Mm. that's my biggest complaint at the moment. Um, I I don't hurt. I am Mm. not struggling right now, but, you know, I feel, I feel pretty good. Yeah, good. Physically. Yes. I'm feeling really good too. Um, Still kind of on my post rehab high. I've been feeling really good and strong since I've been home from rehab. And that's probably because I, I don't want to say I was forced to work, but it kind of was. I mean, I was, you know, exercising and doing all these things every day. And I really feel like it's, made me stronger. So with that said, I'm still kind of riding this um, right in the way. Hi, exactly. Right. And the uh, spring semester starts. Yes. Um, the 29th, I think it is. So I'm, you know, busy trying to plan my class and everything, but all good things. That is good. And I have actually decided to teach this semester as well. So, but my, my classes won't start until next month. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know why they decided to do that with this semester with this particular course, but I am going to do it and I'm happy. So yes. Yes. Yeah. So today's episode is one that, um, both Dawn and I have been looking forward to. Um, we've talked about mental health in episodes prior, um, I don't, I don't even remember the number I, of the episodes, but yeah. we talked about grief. We've talked about how MS is really a thief that has stolen just about everything <laughs> yeah. from us. Um, but today we're going to talk about mental health again. We're going to, we have a special guest that's going to be joining us, but um, we're going to be talking about things like anxiety, PTSD, trauma, and things like that, that people, I think, don't naturally talk about when they think about or talk about MS. Right. And, you know, we're going to be getting some fantastic um, tools and techniques and talking about that from um, our guests. So that is certainly needed. I know people all the time, you know, wonder, how can I get out of my head? How can I stop Mm -hmm. 
you know, these thoughts that we talk about all the time, these, the, the thoughts of uncertainties, you know, the scary, yes. you know, things of the intensity of, of this disease. How do you yes. stop it? You know, and I know I face those issues. So hopefully yes. she'll be able to help, help us talk through that yes. a little bit. Yeah. Yes. So I came across a really interesting article um, about PTSD and MS, mm -hmm. so post-traumatic stress disorder. And PTSD is not something that I would have automatically connected with MS, mm -hmm. but I totally understand the connection after reading this article. Yes. Um, yeah. So, and I um, think we talked about that in I one of our podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. Um, in the article, and we'll post the article on the website, um, but um, the article says that developing PTSD following a diagnosis of, of MS is a serious issue. PTSD can interfere greatly with many of the many areas of a person's life. However, developing PTSD in response to MS can be particularly troubling. PTSD symptoms can negatively affect your physical health and place greater stress on your body, further increasing your risk for future health problems. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yes. I mean, um, yes, really. I, so I looked up the definition too, and I was like, okay, I, I keep saying PTSD. I keep thinking this. Mm -hmm. I really need to talk this through. Is that what I'm feeling? I don't know. What is it? What is PTSD? So I looked it up and I was just like, okay. So it's it's a disorder in which a person has difficulty difficulty recovering after experiencing or witnessing a terrifying event. Would you say <laughs> that, hello, you're diagnosed with MS. Would you say that that's a terrifying event? <laughs> I don't know. I would. Right. Exactly. You know, I think when most people, and I don't want to speak for most people, but when I, I'll just use myself, when I hear PTSD, I think about people who, veterans, right. who experienced war and things like that, and they right. come home with PTSD. I had never really associated it with chronic illness or MS specifically, but yeah, that's a terrifying event to be diagnosed with an incurable disease that um, robs you of just about everything. Right. I um, mean, yeah. and not to compare, you know, and that that's why I struggled with saying PTSD and, mm -hmm. or, or associating PTSD with multiple sclerosis for myself. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I struggle with that because I know it's real. I have family members who, fought in the war and mm -hmm. several and experienced PTSD. And I know that that is serious and my hat goes off to them and my heart mm -hmm. goes to them because that is really uh, um, terrifying for them as yeah. well. And so I felt like, oh my God, I don't want to steal that away from them. That, that, this is like serious. And then I'm like, but MS is serious too. So what is the correlation? And that's why I'm so excited to talk to, yes. to Jenny um, about this because, you know, trying to unravel all of your emotions and mm -hmm. your thoughts 
when you're initially diagnosed, it, it's really hard. And you kind of go mm-hmm. into, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself and I would love mm-hmm. to, to find out from our listeners and from you too. Mm-hmm. You, you go into a state of shock. I, did you, did you ever, did you feel like that? I think I did. I really do. You know, to be honest, no. And I think it's because my MS diagnosis was, my mom has MS and my aunt has MS. So I already knew about MS. So, I mean, I definitely was shocked. Like I'm not thinking I'm going to be diagnosed with MS, but I think that because I had a frame of reference for it, my shock probably wasn't as extreme as somebody who is totally blindsided by this disease. You know what I mean? And that, and reading about this disease is scare, scarifying. Yes. <laughs> it, yes. It is scarifying. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's terrifying. It is. Um, it really is. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, if, so when I was diagnosed, I think that I went through more of an MS shock when my mom was diagnosed with MS. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, like I'm reading everything I possibly could. And when she was diagnosed, which I want to say, I don't know, maybe not that much earlier. I mean, I'll say maybe four or five years before I was diagnosed. But back then, and even when, Dawn, when you and I were diagnosed, there were only three MS medications. That's it. Now there are 16, 17. So with that said, a lot of the literature about MS was very scary. Um, it still is. It still is. And now that but, I think about it, when like what you're saying, when you're presented with, you know, what, 20 years ago, pretty much mm-hmm. now at this point, yeah. when you're presented with three drugs and they say, okay, well, what is the, di-? <sighs> you know, like I said, my dad asked my neurologist, well, what is it? And she said, it's MS. And this is what you're going to do. These are the ABC mm-hmm. drugs. And, you know, and she went on to explain. And so then I said, okay, I have three, dr- three options. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think I, d- I knew this, the answer to the question, but I asked her anyway, I said, so there's no cure. And she said, mm-hmm. no. So yeah, that puts you in a state of shock. And yeah. that is a terrifying event. So yes, that would be categorized in my opinion as something that would trigger something like yeah. PTSD. Definitely. I don't, know. What do you, I, I don't think I'm no. a little, I don't think I'm off with that one. <laughs> no, I don't think so at all. And, you know, and like I said, when uh, my MS shock probably was more so when my mom was diagnosed, but when I was diagnosed then, I already had a frame of reference for MS, which was equally as terrifying because of the unpredictability of the disease. Absolutely. That is, yes. No two MS cases will be the same. Right. Period. I mean, we might all have similar uh, symptoms at one point in time. I think most people with MS experience some degree of spasticity, for example. Not, you know, some degree. Could be very minor, could be very severe. So there are some things that are common among people with MS, but there is no way that two pe- no two people have the same disease course. Right. Period. There's no way to predict what's going to happen. And that is super, super scary. Yes. Which then makes me feel like PTSD is the umbrella because yes. then you bring in 
what we're going to discuss even deeper is the anxiety, you know, all of that that comes with it, you know, um, the feeling of, oh my God, am I going to, you know, never walk again? Am I not going to be able to lift a fork? You know, so you have all of those Mm -hmm. thoughts and, you know, you can categorize, you know, these things definitely under PTSD, I think. I I don't think, yeah, I just... That's what I would, that's what I would say. And I'm sticking to it. (laughs) I agree. And this is so not funny, but for those of you who listen to my rehab journey, Dawn, when you were first talking about, you know, the scary things, thinking about like, what if I can never lift a fork again? I immediately thought of that stupid physical therapist I shouldn't call him stupid what he said was stupid stupid, right you know about how this lady with MS couldn't even feed herself and this that and the other and first of all that's kind of triggering because like like I said he didn't know how long I had MS right you know and that and the reality is that that is those are the messages that many people are given when they you know have an MS diagnosis and that would be terrifying as hell yes like he was not conscientious of what he was saying he was completely clueless and did not connect with you to say okay this patient obviously you know (laughs) or this not obviously this patient might be triggered by these words yes yeah exactly exactly so anyway right everything seems to somehow like now like go back to my rehab but anyway (laughs) that's that's a different story yeah well I'm excited to talk about all of this with Jenny and um and get a therapist a you know professional you know psychologist um opinion thoughts and just her professional um her professional you know knowing of of all of this you know I I don't know what else to say yeah yes this is going to be really good. Very good. Without any further ado, uh, we are very happy to welcome Dr. Virginia Seawalt to Myelin and Melanin, episode 25. Um, Virginia, or I should say Dr. Seawalt, is a psychologist in New York and has in private been in private practice since 2007. So welcome, Dr. Seawalt. Jenny, Virginia, uh, thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me on. And um, happy anniversary, you guys. Thank, so you. thank you. Yes. Best on your one year anniversary. I know this very special 25th episode. So, so glad. I'm so happy for you guys. Thank I'm, you. I'm very happy to have you on our, our 25th episode. I'm so yeah. excited to be here on my favorite, favorite podcast. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so, okay. So have you, um, Jenny, have you had a chance to take a look at the article I had sent you about PTSD and the risk or the risk of developing PTSD with MS? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was a really interesting article. And like I mentioned before, when Don and I were talking, PTSD isn't something that I think people associate with chronic illness. Mm -hmm. So I thought that the take of these authors was really interesting. Um, 
one of the well i think the whole article is fantastic and we'll post uh the article on the website but one of the things that really sticks out to me and i'll read the uh, it's just a very brief passage but regarding ms the author says it has a major impact on a person's body and life Further, because it's unexpected, both in being diagnosed and how it progresses, you may initially experience a sense of helplessness and hopelessness. Given this, being diagnosed with MS may place you at risk for the development of PTSD. Wow. What are your thoughts about that, Ginny? Um, well, it, it really, it, it fits really well um, in terms of like trauma, right? So one of the criteria for PTSD is exposure to an actual or threatened serious injury, mm-hmm. right? And that's exactly what's happening, right? There's, there's injury happening to your body. Um, so it, it makes total sense that with the first diagnosis, with any progression of the disease, that there's going to be, you know, that that's going to be considered a trauma. Right. Um, you know, that being said, PTSD, you know, as a diagnosis, um, has a specific set of different kinds of symptoms. Um, so it would be something that, you know, you would need to have diagnosed mm-hmm. a mental health professional. Right. Um, and the, I guess the main, the main kind of thing is, is it causing a clinically significant um, distress or impairment, impairment in your day-to-day functioning. Okay. Right. So, um, besides all the other symptoms, which I'm not, I'm not going to go into, but, um, but, but the idea that a clinical, that a, a chronic illness is a trauma, right? Like, so a trauma is anything that overwhelms a person. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think it absolutely fits that criteria of a trauma. Right. You know, as I was, reading the article and thinking about the idea of trauma, not only with just the MS diagnosis, but even thinking about things like looking at an MRI, even if you're not feeling any different, seeing all of those lesions Mm -hmm. on an MRI, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a scary thing. What what do you think, Dawn? It's really beyond overwhelming and I remember looking at my first scan and studying it as if it was a final in college and Mm -hmm. you know looking at the placement and you know I I really kind of like we we said before about the going through the stages of grief I really was kind of like in shock because I was like I can't believe that my brain has this like going on right now and so what I did was I started to like research everything. I was like, okay, I need to see the the left side that, you know, I have more right. on the left side. So it's affecting the right side. And it's, it's in the place where it's, you know, affecting my cognitive ability. So I don't have any in the occipital lobe. So like, I started to like, <laughs> feel as if I was right. a doctor, you know, <laughs> but it was overwhelming. It is. And I was in shock. Yes. And, you know, I, I think we talked a little bit about this in a previous episode, but I don't like to examine my MRIs. Mm -hmm. Like it's really overwhelming and it scares me. Like my mom, for example, everyone, if, um, if you're just now tuning in, my mother has MS as well, 
But my mom likes to examine her MRIs and she likes to ask the doctor, you know, where, like, based on where this lesion is, like, what might it affect and so on. It's just too much for me. Like, I know that if I even have an inkling that this lesion may affect whatever, my cognitive ability or whatever, I'm going to be assuming that that is going to be happening. And it's going to just completely disable me from functioning. That's interesting because for me, I, I'm like your mother. I need to know where I, I want to know. I, I say, Dr. Creighton, please tell me where the lesions are. And so she basically just said, look, C, all, C5 to T12, <laughs> like have at it, go for it. You know? And I'm like, oh my God, I have all these lesions. So it, I had to know that because it made sense to me. Like I right. needed, and maybe Jenny can talk about this because I needed to make sense of it because I felt things building in my, you know, building up like this, the, that terrifying feeling, you mm-hmm. know, and I felt like out of control almost, you know, and I was like, okay, right. if this happens, then I understand why, because I have a lesion at T7 or whatever, you know what I mean? Or right. C5. Okay. So I get it. So I had right. like that, it, it com- I don't know, I don't want to say comforted because there's nothing comfortable about this. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it, it sounds like wanting to, un- like understanding it was yes. a way of trying to like manage it and master it. And like, like you guys have like, it's, it's um two perfectly appropriate responses to the same thing, yeah. right? Um, so Dawn, you want to know as much as you can and see if you can get your mind around it. And Dawn, I mean, Donna, Dana, you're going to distract and not think about right. it. Right. And, and yes, absolutely. Um, appropriate responses to the stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, you know, as I was listening to your reasoning for wanting to know, you know, where the lesions are and everything, I'm thinking to myself that this would be my reaction. If I know that these lesions may affect my cognitive ability, I'm going to assume that something major is going on if I can't remember, I don't know, the lyric, you know, one one lyric to a song. I'm going to be thinking it's a major thing. Like every single thing is going to be like, this is my MS doing this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, like for me personally, like I can't live like that. Uh, It's just, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It it, it is interesting because like the, for example, the bladder bowel issues, you know, the Mm -hmm. embarrassing things that come with it, but I had to wrap my head around why am I going to the bathroom all the time like why can't I hold my bladder like why am I in the bathroom and I sit there for like 12 hours I mean not literally but I mean it seems like that and why why is this happening and then I went when I started to talk to my neurologist about the placement or like where these lesions were it, it just made sense I was like okay that affects this region. So, okay. So it just helped me. Mm -hmm. It just, it like helped and it, Mm -hmm. it didn't provide comfort. I hate that word, but it provided, it made sense. It made scientific sense. Right. Does that, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. totally sense. I totally get that. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah. the reality I mean, is, I'm sorry. It, oh no, I'm sorry. The reality is like, this is not never going to end. Exactly. It's never going to end. And that's a lot to wrap one's mind around. Like, yeah. I mean, despite the fact that this is, you know, a chronic lifelong disease, these issues in again, MS affects everybody differently, but this is going to be a continuous process. Mm-hmm. Every time you get an MR, well, hopefully not every time, hopefully your DMDs are doing what they're supposed to do, right. but there's a chance that every time you get an MRI, there may be other crazy things going on with it. So mm-hmm. it's a lot. What are your thoughts about Jenny? We're like Don and I are totally dominating the conversation, <laughs> not even let, <laughs> letting you chime in. But I think we're just so excited to have a mental health professional here yes. to hear our, our rants. That yeah, so hopefully we're not overwhelming you. Not at all. You guys are finding like your different ways of coping, um, and so it, it just it's just. <laughs> I'm I'm really struck by how you guys represent sort of almost the the polarities, right? Mm-hmm. Where Dawn's immersing herself in it, and Dana, you're like, no, if I know, then I'm gonna make, you know, I'm gonna catastrophize every time. Right. I can't remember, you know, a, yeah. a word. A word or a song is like a perfect example. Um, and just the other thing, like connected to the article, it feels like managing the stress, like whatever ways fit for you to manage the stress um are so important because um like what the article was saying about the stress stress exacerbating ms symptoms right Mm so it's more important to interrupt any potential cycle of stress and symptoms leading to more stress and more symptoms um so in whatever way makes sense for you you know, and we're all different, right. we manage our stress differently, but managing it is really the most important thing. Well, one thing, if if we can just kind of back track into what I said about the, the stages of grief. I know we've discussed this in other podcasts, but I'm so happy to discuss this with, with you and, and Dana and just kind of guide me through this because I've gone through different um, times in my life where I've seen therapists and I don't think that they've ever, they've all been wonderful. I'm not going to say, oh, they're terrible, but I I don't think they've ever really attacked what it is that I'm going through. Like they don't, Mm. they just talk about my peripheral, you know, issues and that they're not like getting to the meat of it. And I kind of came up with it on my own. I was like, this is like the five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. So is that something that, number one, do you feel that someone who is getting an initial diagnosis or even going through this process of having MS, do you think that that is a normal thing to think about? Is that something that it, that's not outlandish to say, okay, yes, you are facing these, these, these challenges and you are Absolutely. going through that. Absolutely. Yeah, there's nothing outlandish about it at all because it's a shock, it's a loss, mm-hmm. right? Like it represents there's there's it's um known as like an amb- almost an ambiguous loss. Mm-hmm. It's not like the death 
of a of a of a loved one as we normally define grief but mm-hmm. it's it's the loss of maybe you know of some functioning of of you know you guys can speak to more but mm-hmm. so the, the grief that comes with loss is absolutely going to be a part of um a diagnosis any progression in the disease mm-hmm. um loss of functioning right like that's a loss mm-hmm. um so so i think going through the stages which we don't go through in any particular order and they're not necessarily linear we can bounce back and forth among others among all the stages um, it makes perfect sense that 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 that's that you're attaching that and that you made that connection. I love what you just said, an ambiguous loss. Can you just like explain that? Because I, I want to really under I love I understand it, but I love that, like because that's what it is. I, I need to make sense here. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like so how we kind of typically describe loss is very concrete, right? Like something. um you know, like a person dies, right? Like a loved mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. dies. Um, and so that's what we consider a loss. And grief, you know, I have to say like grief and loss, that's not my particular area of expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but ambiguous loss is sort of a little more, um, a little harder to define, really. That's all it really means. It's just a little mm-hmm. harder to define. Like, um, not not the absolute concrete loss of a person it's more of an ambiguous loss of of lots of different things I think when you you know when you have a disease and 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 are diagnosed and so let me ask you this okay Dana and I both I I can speak for Dana we both have our share of anxiety so can and I, this is what I, I think is yes, but you can tell me, can these stages lead you to like severe anxiety or, or some sort of form of like, like a mental health, I don't know, breakdown. Crisis. Yes. Crisis. <laughs> Thank you. Because I feel, I feel like my shock, my trauma, my, my denial, my, the grieving, I think that that has led me to where I am right now, which is dealing with the anxiety. Yeah. I mean, I would probably separate out grief from anxiety. Okay. Um, so, you know, we can sort of shift gears, I think into Mm. anxiety because that makes total sense. So grief is more about loss. And I always think about anxiety as more about thinking about the future, right? Like anxiety Mm. more is about what's going to happen. Right. Um, where grief is sort of about what has happened okay. um, already and anxiety is more, you know, anxiety about what is going to happen or what's right. not going to happen. That kind right. of the what ifs. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's a lot for somebody. I- I'm sorry. That is, <laughs> it's, it's like oh, too yeah. much. Like we're dealing it, with grief and we're dealing with the what if, like how does a person manage that like I, that's a rhetorical question but I that it's crazy to me <laughs> it, it is it is and you know as you were talking Dawn you know about all of the things that you've experienced and that I've experienced it basically every podcast episode that we've had up until now we have gone through all of these things you know grief um anxiety 
the loss of independence. We've talked about all of that and the culmination of all those things. I mean, how can one not just break down sometimes? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can't just break down. Life goes on and you have to keep keep going. Right. That's hard. Yeah. The 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 unknown un, the uncertainties of it all of that yes. like what Jenny was saying it's you know like the future like what if this happens what if that happens or you know I mean like or what if you get involved into this you know fabulous relationship and it's like oh my god is he going to be able to take care of me or not take mm-hmm. care of me but is he ever, you know like what if what if I need to like hold a fork and I can't, and he, is he going to feed me? You know what I mean? Like, right. so you have all of those things that are in your mind. I mean, that's a simple example, but that is something that could cause some sort of anxiety, you know, like getting involved into a relationship and, you know, things like that. Right. So like, it's, we're talking about, um, what it's continuous traumatic stress. Yes. Mm. Right. Like, so, um, I was, I was looking at some stuff around that and Jillian Straker, she talks about it in the context of apartheid and right. Like, mm-hmm. so we can understand like racism is a form of continuous trauma. It makes right. like a chronic illness is a continuous traumatic stress. It's ongoing. It's not over like a car accident mm-hmm. or even a war, right? Like you were talking about before with, um, with vets, um, it, it, it's, it's continuing. It's ongoing. Um, it's, it's, it's there the, you know, all the time. And so that's, that makes it very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I think for, for me, if I can just interject one more time, that the fact that MS takes you on this roller coaster where you're, you're feeling okay. Like Dana and I were saying earlier in the conversation that she feels good. I feel good. It's kind of like we're at our our normal, our new normal, you know, we're stable. Mm -hmm. And so, but like a few months back, Dana was at that new, that normal, that stability, but then she just like crashed and then had to end up Mm -hmm. in, you know, right. I can't even like say it like in rehab with people like going nuts, you know, (laughs) but Right. Well, right. And that's a whole extreme thing in and of itself. Yes. Taking, you're out of your home. You're in a strange place. With yes. Strange people. <laughs> you feel safe. It's, it's <laughs> strange in more ways than one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, but it really is. It's, it's um like, that's, that's sort of a mini trauma right there. Like, it's like, that's really overwhelming to be yes. out of your home and, and have your, you know, your care be at the mercy of strangers. Yes. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And that, and so the whole rehab experience, that's a trauma on top of the trauma that I am sick. I just had this MS explosion you know it's like all of these mini traumas just like one trauma after another after another and it's it's a lot right because you know you're looking at somebody one day and they're like oh you're fine like one of our Mm -hmm. followers which I absolutely adore I I just so happened to just go on the page and was looking and I saw a cane and I'm like 
oh no, what's going on? And apparently there was an exacerbation and I thought, oh my God, everything looks so normal. I thought everything was fine, but that is what this disease does. Mm -hmm. And so it takes you on the highs and the lows and then the stability part, you know, and you're okay. And so I, I think my, my biggest thing is, and if I can just tell a brief story, anxiety leads you to feel, it leads you to feeling like you're, you're going to lose your mind. Like mm-hmm. I can't tell mm-hmm. you the countless times that I've gone to the emergency room because I think I'm dying or, you know, or, you know, like my whole body is just never going to work again. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've called the ambulance and, you know, I have a son and that is like humiliating because he's thinking that, you know, something is wrong, but I think he's used to it now because I just kind of like, I I've gone so many, so many times and he's just like, it's okay, mommy, you're fine. <laughs> you know? Aww. And I have to be reassured by a, a little one, but um, if, how, what are some good techniques for people like who may be experiencing that, you know, you feel it coming on. How do you stop it in its tracks? How do you manage yeah. it? Yeah, that's great. That's a great question. Um, so especially when you say you feel it coming on, um, one thing to, 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 to start to get proficient at is, measuring your anxiety level Hmm. right like so knowing when you're at a zero versus when you're at a 10 versus when you're at somewhere in between at a four or five and um paying attention to that and and starting any kind of techniques and we'll go over some of those in a second but going starting the techniques early Right. So like when you're at a three or a four, it's a lot easier to bring your anxiety down than when you're at an eight or a nine or through the roof at a 10 and like call 911. Right. So to start to get familiar to what is, what is like a two, three, four feel like in my body? What is Mm. it? And like, okay, now I have to stop and start using some techniques to calm myself down because it's going to be a lot easier for me to do it from here, from this place. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes no, a lot of perfect sense. sense. Love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So starting to get familiar with your own body and what it feels like as your anxiety starts to rise, I think is one of the most important things um, to pay attention to and to learn. Okay. Um, and then, so, so there's a bunch of different um, schools of thought around trauma or just different techniques, different Mm -hmm. modalities for trauma. Um, And one of the ones that came to my mind when I was thinking about this is one that I'm not actually particularly familiar with, but it's, it's pretty easy to do. And there's tons of YouTube videos on how to do it. And it's called the emotional freedom technique. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's also known as EFT. Yeah. Um, and I really liked, and maybe maybe we can put um, some links on the um, the um, blog, mm-hmm. like the videos and stuff. Yeah. Because um, I found one, like Jessica Ordner, she had a video, like just, just describing the, there's nine points, and they're acupressure points. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I actually found there's also an an NIH study that found it was successful for treating PTSD, which I didn't realize. I didn't mm-hmm. oh. realize it actually had some um, research behind it, which is super cool. Um, 
So I'm going to go through the nine points. And if you guys want to follow along and just sort of notice yes. what happens. Um, so you're going to take three fingers of like the three middle fingers of your one hand. And you're going to tap on these different points. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? And you're going to tap yes. in kind of a, like, I'll show you the tempo, like, because I can't show you, but I can, t the tempo is sort of like tap, 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 like that fast, right? Okay. okay. Not super slow, not super fast, but like tap, 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 tap. And um, so the different points are the side of the hand, the fleshy part, like, so they call it the karate chop. Mm-hmm point oh okay does that make sense yes yes okay so then just sort of tapping there i think this is where yeah. the acupuncturist will tell you like if you have a headache you kind of squeeze that area that fat oh, okay. i didn't even know that yeah okay. yeah yeah so these there's some um there's definitely some logic some acupressure acupuncture logic to these points okay um and i'm, I'm gonna say like five to eight taps okay okay and, and then you just sort of continue to the eyebrow point. Okay. So it's where your eyebrow begins closest to your nose. Mm -hmm. And you're going to tap there. Is it like in the middle? Like your third eye area? Like that? Like right? Well, more on your like eyebrow. So a little lower, I guess, than that. Okay. I think. Okay. And then you're going to follow the bone to the side of the eye, like where your temple is. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then underneath your eye, okay. uh, still on the bone there. And then underneath your nose, that little divot point. Mm -hmm. And then your chin. And then your collarbone, sort of closest, like where the bow tie, where a bow tie would be. Mm -hmm. And then underneath your arm, sort of the bra strap okay. point, so like one hand width down from your armpit. Mm -mm. Okay. And then to the top of your head. Wow. And so the the other the other piece to this is the setup statement. So while you're doing, so I just kind of ran through the points, but mm -hmm. there's also a statement that you'll say while you do this. Um, you'll say to yourself, you'll say it out loud. If you're like by yourself, you can say mm -hmm. it inside your head if you're, you know, on the bus or something. Right. Um, and you just say, as you, you know, you start tapping, um, even though I have whatever, so blank, like anxiety, fear, hopeless, helpless, panic, whatever it is, right. Even though I have panic, I love and accept myself while you're tapping, right. Now to the next part. So starting at the karate chat point, even though I have panic, I love and accept myself. Okay. So I'll um, say it. Even though I have MS and I'm nervous and scared, I love and accept myself. Great. Now you're going to go to the eyebrow point and say it again. Even though I have MS, I'm nervous and scared. Can I say one more thing of the future? <laughs> I love and accept myself. <laughs> Terrific. Okay. And following the bone to the side of your eye where the um where your temple is. Okay. Even though I have MS, 
I'm nervous and scared about the future. I love and accept myself. Terrific. And now underneath your eye, on the bone there. Even though I have MS, I am scared and nervous about the future. And I love and accept myself. Terrific. And underneath your nose. Even though I have MS, I am nervous and scared about the future. And I love and accept myself. And the chin. Even though I have MS, I am nervous and scared about the future. And I love and accept myself. And the... Uh... Underneath your arm? Even though... Oh, no, sorry, collarbone. Oh, collarbone, okay. sorry. Okay. Even though I have MS, I'm nervous and scared, but I love and accept myself. And underneath the arm? Even though I have MS, I am nervous and scared, but I love and accept myself. Great. And then the top of the head. Even though I have MS, I am nervous and scared, but I love and accept myself. Okay. That's calm. That's down. so calming. Yes, it is. <laughs> Just listening to it was calming. <laughs> wow. Cool. Yeah. So it's quick and easy. You can do it yourself. You can do it anywhere. Um and the one thing I forgot to do was to have you rate your anxiety before and after. But like I would say to rate your anxiety before and after so you know it's working. So you're saying doing this at your, like when you're on a three, when you're not yes. like, okay. And then yeah. after you're done, see if you're still at a three or maybe a one. That's the goal to go down. Right. Okay. Yeah. Get it down. Well, what if I'm at a 10? Because that happens quite a bit well, you know if it's a 10 it's a 10 you still do it right like i mm -hmm. i the the ideally you'll try it when it's at a three um and also the more you do it when it, it's at a three the the more um practice you'll have it doing it so then when it is a 10 you you'll just it'll just be automatic how to to know how to do it okay right does that make sense yeah yes yeah but if it's at a 10 you do it when it's at a 10 you try it and see if it goes down to an eight, do it again. See if it goes down to a six. Um, I'm also going to give you some other strategies too. That's not the only one. So we can mm -hmm. try some other things too. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm breathing deeply with that tapping and stuff too, right? Is that? Yeah, that's always, breathing deeply is always good. It's sort of, I'm, I'm not sure that they um, specify that, but I, I'm always a big fan of breathing deeply. Okay. Um, so while we're on the topic of breathing deeply, we can just go into some breathing exercises. Okay. Um, so the trick to managing anxiety with breathing is making your exhale a little longer than your inhale. Okay. So that's hard. Um, that's, yeah, that's difficult to do. Well, not difficult, but it's easy to breathe in to consciously breathe out. You have to be conscious of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, this is really conscious breathing. Like this is okay. super conscious breathing. In fact, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, you're going to like, this is going to be the kind of thing you stop doing what you're doing and breathe. 
Okay. And like all you're going to do is breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is also, it's known as Ujjayi breathing, mm-hmm. um, which means ocean breathing because mm-hmm. it sounds like the ocean. Mm-hmm. And the way you do it, you sort of slow down your breathing by um, stopping it a little bit, not stopping it, but um, you're putting some, some pressure on your breathing by um, breathing as if you're fogging a mirror but you can do that with your mouth closed actually. Mm-hmm. So just practice that. Just like, like you're fogging a mirror, right? And then just do it sort of with your mouth closed. And then you're going to like breathe in the same way as if you're fogging the mirror backwards, if that makes sense. So through your nose, keeping your mouth closed. But it like puts some resistance against your breath, so it makes you breathe slower. It's kind of ridding yourself of that fight or flight, like like we were, you know, like with anxiety. That's kind of where you are, right? Like you you feel like you're fighting and you're tense, right? So with that yeah, breathing, that's a little what bit. it does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So does it does that make sense? That kind of breathing yeah, for yeah. starters. Yes. Yeah. And so then um, there's a a count that we can do that helps make the exhale longer than the inhale. So um, I'll do the count and you guys can just follow along. Okay. So I'm going to, I'll do a quick overview right now and then we'll do it. So it's going to be breathing in for four, holding for four, breathing out for six and holding for two. Okay. You ready? Yes. Yes. Okay. So just sort of exhale. And then we're going to go in, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, hold, two. One more time. In, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six, hold, two. And you would do that for like a repeated, you know, for longer than that, for more repetitions of that. And you do that with the Ujjayi breathing with that, you know, that fogging mirror breathing. Oh, I love that. I did too. It was really calming. Yeah, it's super calming. Love that. I can totally, you know, envision like a situation where, you know, having like a panic attack, thinking, you know, thinking about calling an ambulance, going to the ER, but taking a few minutes to breathe. I can see it totally changing maybe your perception of what's going on. Yes. You know what I mean? Like slowing down your heart rate, you know, just kind of calming you. Because like when you're all hyped up and you think that, you know, you don't know what's going on, like it, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Right. And that's what makes you want to call 911 and get to the hospital. But, you know, if you can take a minute, just kind of, I don't know, puts things into a different perspective. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. And also like you, all of a sudden you've got control over something. Right. You've got control over your breathing. 
and yes. can make a big difference. Like, okay, everything that felt out of control, now I've got a little control. Thank yes. you for saying that because that is one of my biggest, and I'm sure so many people feel this who have MS. That's one of our biggest issues is the lack mm-hmm. of control. And it's like, I can't move my leg. I can't move. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah. take a step forward. Like yeah. I'm losing control of my bodily function like right mm-hmm. now. And, mm-hmm. and it's so terrifying. And I know we say that all the time, but it is. Mm-hmm. And it, and that feeling is paralyzing. So being able to practice this while you're going through it, whether you're waiting for an ambulance or waiting for a loved one mm-hmm. to kind of help you stay calm, that will get you on that road to just say, it's okay. You know, it may, it, right. I mean, your body may be going through these experiences right now, but you're going to be okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Maybe you won't be, but I don't know. <laughs> but I, I mean, tell but, yourself that. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you are. You're, you're okay, right? Like you're having a panic attack, but you're okay. Right. But, you know, all of a sudden part of your brain doesn't believe that you're okay. Right. Right. That kind of ties in. Well, it doesn't really tie in, but, you know, I'm thinking about the mantra that, um, you know, you kind of do when you're doing the tapping um, exercise, but just telling yourself that you, despite what's going on, you love and accept yourself. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Yeah. that It really is. I mean, despite everything that, you know, is going on with a chronic illness, MS uh, in particular, you grow to hate not only MS, but you can grow to hate yourself. Wow. Well, because, you know, yeah. like, yeah. You, yeah, you feel like I, okay. Uh, I, I'm, I've heard this from several people. You feel like I can't provide because I can't work the way mm-hmm. I used to. Uh, I can't, mm-hmm. you know, um, be that wonderful mother that I used to. I can't run and and play with my children or I can't mm-hmm. go out with my friends and enjoy I, like I can't you know park a mile away and then just meet them at the restaurant and walk. Like mm-hmm. I have to get help. I need somebody to help me with my wheelchair or my cane or my walker or what mm-hmm. you know what have you. Um and so that mantra that accepting yourself means everything. Mm-hmm. It does. It, it really, does. It really, it really changes. It's it's kind of a game changer. Like self acceptance and self compassion mm-hmm. um, are are literally healing. Like they can be literally healing to um, other parts of ourselves, like emotionally. Right, because we yeah. go through feeling like we're a burden, and so by saying mm-hmm. "I love and accept myself," like I love and accept myself, and you know. Um, it's okay to ask for help and it's okay, you know, because I'm mm-hmm. accepting what, where I am right now in my life. I'm, I'm okay with that. And it doesn't make me less of a person. Yes. Because I definitely feel like that often, like because of my limitations, because I can't do whatever, like I'm not good enough. I'm less, I'm, you know, like I, I'm not a normal person, which normal is a messed up word anyway. Right. Um, but yeah, and it's so easy to develop these kind of feelings of worthlessness. And, and inadequacies. 
Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So this is going to make me, I'm going to skip over mm-hmm. um, a bunch of the other um, anxiety uh, coping skills mm-hmm. that I have here and go straight to um, sort of, I had saved the best for last, but I feel like it mm-hmm. fits in so perfectly here and we can either talk about the others or we can put them on the mm-hmm. blog or we can come back another time and do another. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about parts um, and internal family systems mm-hmm. is also a type of trauma therapy. Um, again, does not just for trauma works for so many things, um, and just anxiety, um, and feelings of worthlessness and feelings of inadequacy, like all this stuff you're describing IFS is really helpful for because the backbone to IFS is that we all have a core self within us that just is. Right. It doesn't get affected by trauma or illness or any adverse events. It's just always there. It's steady. It's stable and it's loving and it's just our center. It's our core. And the key to IFS is accessing this self and bringing it to the other parts of us, the parts that are experiencing distress, the parts that feel anxious, the parts that feel hopeless, the parts that feel worthless. Um, to be able to listen to those parts, understand them, affirm them, right? Like it makes sense that you feel this way. Um, you know, tell me all about it. Help me understand. And listening to our parts, um, really with this, with this compassionate energy, this compassionate, loving core is really helpful and healing that's it's hard you know just even thinking about it like you know it, it it's actually profound mm-hmm. as i'm thinking about it further like being compassionate and loving in your thoughts towards your worthlessness yeah right you know it's yeah yeah Stretch. it's a lot to wrap, <laughs> to wrap your mind around yeah well so um the key to getting to that self energy, right, which is the compassionate, non-judgmental, loving, like love every part of myself. Um, the key to doing that is really just getting other parts to step back or unblend, right? So like, for example, I have this part that feels worthless, but then I have another part that hates that part, mm-hmm. right? Like I hate that I have a worthless part. That's terrible. Right. Right. But if I can, if I can get my part that hates my worthless part to step back, right, and unblend kind of from my consciousness and just move right. aside a little bit, I can get a little space and say, oh, I have a worthless part. Right. Well, of course, like, makes sense that it would feel that way. I've been through so many things and I've had so many setbacks or whatever, whatever, that I've gotten mm-hmm. some part that's, that's really personalizing that, taking that in and, um, you know, now I can now I can be with it. So it's um, getting to self energy is more about getting other parts to step back. Mm. That will take um, me a moment uh, to process because I I really have a hard time. I I have not I, I I can be honest. I'm not accepting a lot of parts of myself, and I'm I'm still angry, and I'm really trying hard to work through it. Yeah. That makes total sense. 
But I, th- you know, as you say that, Don, I think, you know, it's really having the courage, maybe that's not the right word, no, like but to look at these parts in the face, talk to them and tell them, you know what I mean? Like, you're not, you're a sum of parts. That's what, a per- that's what everybody right. is, a sum of different parts, but really isolating that worthless part or that scared part or whatever and you know just kind of having the courage to face it it's a lot it's a perfect word I it is a perfect word because I'm afraid of myself I'm afraid of a lot of right the parts probably more Mm -hmm. than more than before I don't know yeah right yeah that makes sense well it's so it's funny that you should say courage um because there's there's eight C words connected to self energy, Mm -hmm. Um, clarity, compassion, connectedness, calmness, creativity, curiosity, confidence, and courage. Wow. Yeah. So you hit the nail on the head with what you just said. I love it. I do too. What? I I no, we love it. (laughs) Right. Me too. It's my it's my favorite 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 kind of way of working with people. Um, so I don't know. Don, would you be like interested in doing like a little, yes, a little demo? Absolutely. Okay. So what, like what part of yourself do you feel like you would want to either get to know better or, um, get a better sense of, or, are you curious about? Well, I am. I'm. I'm trying to. A friend of mine used to say, "Learn to be in constant control of your mind, because as long as you're in control of your mind, you can control everything." And so that is where I'm. I'm kind of dwelling, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So I'm trying to get to know the inner workings of my brain and my mind, mm-hmm. and that coincides with the lesions and where everything is located and mm-hmm. how it's all functioning. So I'm trying to get to know that part and love that part a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. But again, like I said, I'm angry because I can't yeah. remember certain things, you know, like my memory shot, you know, and um, so I'm trying and I don't have the courage some days to kind of face this. Okay. So does it, it feels like in part of what you're saying is that in trying to love and accept yourself, like there's anger getting in the way. Yes. There's anger that's coming up. Um, and I'm also hearing like anxiety, obviously that you talked about earlier, um, getting in the way. Yeah. So that's where we would start. We would start with the anger or the anxiety, like whichever one you want to start with first. Um, can we start with the anger first? Yeah, totally. So just notice where you feel the anger in your body. When you feel that anger, can you get in touch with it now? Can you sense it? Yes. Yeah. Where do you notice it? My shoulders, because that's where I always hurt. Okay, great. So just see if you can bring some gentle attention to your shoulders. And just see what you notice. It's so tight. 
yeah. like turning my head either way is mm. just it's painful mm-hmm so your shoulders hold pain and anger yes yeah okay so just notice how you're feeling toward this anger in your shoulders I feel like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop and so that's where the tension is coming if does that make sense yeah so there's some tension too so there's some anxiety slight yes okay so just bring your focus back to your shoulders And just see if there's any images or any sounds or any words or any feelings, um, anything at all that you notice as part of yourself that's in your shoulders. I, I feel two things. I feel one side saying, let go, let go. And then the other side saying, no, I won't. Okay. Okay, great. Okay, so just notice both those sides, the side saying let go and the side saying no. And which one would you like to pay attention to first? The one that's saying no. I'm going to get to both of them. Hmm? The one that's saying no. No? Mm -hmm. Okay, so bring your attention to the side that's saying no. And just focus in there on that no. And again, see if there's any images, any other feelings, any other words, any other. No. It just wants to stay tight. <laughs> it wants to stay tight. Okay, how are you feeling toward it, this one that wants to stay tight? I am accepting it right now. Because the more I become angry with it being tight and me feeling uncomfortable, the worse it becomes. Okay, that's, that's, yeah, that's true. So that anger, that anger is stepped back a little bit? Slightly, yes. Yeah, okay, so just thank your anger. Thank your anger for stepping back. And just, just, just let it know that you get it, too, at the same time you get why it's angry. Do you want me to say it out, out loud or to myself? Whatever makes whatever makes you most comfortable. Doesn't it doesn't matter. Just sort of let me know when that's done. Okay. I acknowledge your presence, anger. I know you're here, and I'm going to get through this. Yeah, and just just thank it. Like let it know it makes sense that it's angry that your that your shoulder's saying no. Thank you for showing me this part of myself so that I can move forward. Yeah, it's trying just letting it know that you get that it's trying to help, right? It's angry that your shoulder won't move. It's trying to help you with that.
Well, I can easily turn my head now. Still tight, but it's okay. Much better. Okay, so so just bring bring some attention to that that tightness. Are you still feeling accepting toward it? I am. Just so just let it know that. Let it know you're feeling accepting toward it and just see how it responds to that. Just see I accept I accept that you are here and I'm accepting that you are present. Saying the same thing, but I'm accepting your presence. Yeah. Dawn, are you feeling curious about it at all? No. Because I think I know why it's here. I think. Yeah. What's, what's your thought about that? Um, makes me sad. Hmm. Because it it wanted, it's almost like it wanted to be acknowledged and all I, yeah. all I've done is just stay there. Right. And ignore it. Right. Mm -hmm. So how does it respond when you acknowledge it? It's eased, up, it's eased a lot. Sorry? It's eased up a lot. Eased up a lot. Okay. Great. I'm, so just thank it for that. Thank you. I thank you for easing and making making my shoulders move without pain. <laughs> and then just ask it if there's anything else it wants to let you know right now. Is there anything else that you would like to tell me or let me know? Feels a lot better. So it's just letting you know by easing a little more? Yes. So just think it again. Thank you. Thank you for your presence and acknowledging. I am acknowledging that you are here. Great. And then just, just again, just see if there's anything else I want to let you know before we're going to shift our attention to the let go part. No, nothing. Sorry? Nothing. Um, nothing more. Okay, great. So just thank it again, and then we're going to shift our attention over to the let go part. Thank you, Anger, for, for appearing and teaching me something. 
about myself. Great. And Dawn, just like focus in now on the let go part. And notice if there's any images, words, feelings, thoughts, sensations connected to that one. I just see an image of a feather just kind of blowing in the wind. Great. I just noticed that feather. How are you feeling toward that feather? I love it. Let's just let it know that. Let's see how it responds. I am... I love looking at it. I love looking at how it moves and how it doesn't really have a care in the world. It just goes with the flow. Great. So just let it know that. Just, just see if you can speak directly to it. I love the way you move. You are teaching me that flowing in the wind and moving with ease brings calm. And I love and appreciate that. I don't want to hold on to you. I just want to watch. I just want to watch you move effortlessly. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanking it. Great. And just, just, how does it respond to that, if at all? It's just moving. Just, it's like this soft, gentle summer or spring breeze. It's not too cold. It's not too hot. It just, it just moves the way it wants to. Yeah. Great. So that's just sort of, if there's anything else that needs to happen before we're going to kind of come back out. See if there's any other parts that need to say anything before we start to come back. No, I'm just happy that it's allowing me to watch it. Yeah. And how's that no part doing? How's that other part that we were with before? How's that one doing right now? It's as if it's a, a bystander, just kind of watching and, and joining with the letting go. Okay. And then just when you feel ready, just bring your attention back out.
Alrighty. That was, that was really good. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, one thing that, you know, as I'm listening to the exchange, I'm realizing how significant it is to acknowledge the presence of these parts that we don't like. Yeah. You know, just acknowledging you're here. I get you. I see you. Yeah. Um, because it's so easy to dismiss those things because it's uncomfortable. Who wants to really sit in their anger? Right. You know, like you don't want to do that, but acknowledging that it's there is, it's a powerful thing. You're yeah. so spot on. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. It makes all the difference in the world. I'm like tingling kind of with good this. stuff. <laughs> it's a good tingle. <laughs> yes. I like yeah. love this. <laughs> I really do. It, it, it's, it's really life-changing stuff. And that was just like a small snippet that, you know, obviously there, it goes into a lot more depth. Mm -hmm. Even just even just turning attention and giving some love to a part can help it relax, which is like astounding. I, I never yes. thought of that because... I have been practicing transcendental meditation for two years now, and I thought that was life changing. But, you know, <laughs> this, you know, is like amazing. I can just kind of incorporate that after I yeah. meditate, you know, or before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you you really can. And we can even put a link to the website um, where there's a lot of stuff. There's meditations and CDs or, I mean, you know. Are you that kind of thing? Are you familiar? This is kind of going off on a tangent, but and we don't have to talk about it now. But are you familiar with John Cabot Zen and like, um, oh god, sure, I can't think of the name of it. Uh, it's like body, uh, what is it called? Oh my gosh, I'm losing my train of thought. Um, it's like letting go, like acknowledging everything in your body, and then just like letting it, like being getting really tense and then letting it go. What is it called? Oh my God, I can't believe. Oh, the progressive muscle relaxation, or yeah, but he calls it something, and I can't think of the name of oh. it. Oh, I don't know. I'll I'll find it. But um, yeah. And then there's something called um, yoga nidra. Are you familiar with yoga nidra? Yoga. Uh, no. Okay, so that is similar to like acknowledging where you have the aches and the pains or the you know discomfort in your body, so you become extremely um extreme you you like lay in shavasana or corpse pose it's a you know yoga pose and you're lying there and you you make your body so tense and like you start with your feet and then you kind of go all the way up and you get everything tight and you go all the way up your you know to your stomach your hands your arms your just everything and then you just relax so it's body scan. I think that's what he calls it, John. Oh, so you're scanning your body and then you're getting, you're feeling, you're like building on that tension and then you just let it go. And then you have that moment yeah. where you're just lying there relaxing and not dealing with it, basically. I mean, well, you're dealing with it by relaxing. Right. Right. It's like, it's like that feather that you were describing. Yes. Just blowing, Just kind of blowing in the yeah. wind. Yes. 
And what, what you were talking about, Dana, before with the acceptance thing and facing it, you know, so like it reminds me of um, our favorite James Baldwin, right? Mm-hmm. Like not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing mm-hmm. can be changed until it is faced. That's yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that too, I think is where the other C, courage comes in because it's not yeah. easy to do. No. Um, because it disrupts, it can disrupt you, you know, to have to face fear, anger, sadness, these things that, you know, emotions that most people don't want to dwell on, you know, actually coming face to face and talking with them and acknowledging them. It's like, it's a disruption to your well-being no, I don't yeah it's a, a disruption that's the only word that I can think of like to some parts right other parts don't want right those parts right, right? and then but they and then the idea holding on to the idea that within all of us is a self that doesn't 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 care about any of that it can face right anything. it can face any part of us it can face anything it's not scared it's not intimidated it's not overwhelmed it's about getting the parts that do have feelings about it to step back. Right. Them to step back. And then just coming from this internal self state that is just like, I'm here. I see you. I love you. I accept you. Tell me what's, tell me what's going on with you. Right. It is a disruption. because I, MS is because we don't know from day to day how we're going to feel. You know, mm-hmm. honestly, yeah. it, that that is a complete disturbance, you know, mm-hmm. uh, mentally mm-hmm. and physically. And that I think where that's where I face my challenges, because I don't know mm-hmm. how I'm going to feel every morning when I wake up. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And and going through this and having to thank these Mm-hmm. nasty parts <laughs> like you know like that's a thing like I, I hate you I don't want to yes. thank you you know what I mean <laughs> like it it's a lot but it's, it's very like I don't know it's like well so what I'm gonna say is like that part that hates them mm-hmm. that's just the part that's also trying to help yeah yeah right like that's 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 a part that's like no I can't like these parts Right, right. And then if you can, if you can be with that one, so you step it back a little bit, you be with that one for a little bit and you, you help it understand that like, if I can actually be with these parts, it'll be helpful. Then that right. relax a little bit. And then you just know when you don't feel that hate anymore, you feel something different, something shifts like, oh, I don't, I'm not feeling hateful toward these parts. Anymore. Right. You kind of come to a, I imagine just like a sense of, inner peace or something like not having these extreme emotions or reactions to these parts. Does that make sense? And on a little tangent, like I totally understand the name of this internal family systems, like, because all these parts are like a dysfunctional family. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got this anger and 
you know, you might have this feeling of happy. I mean, they're not going to get along. Right. Uh, oh, or we think they're not going to get along. Like, right, right. There's like, you know, we're aligned with each other. Yeah. And we're polarized against each other. Right. Totally. Right. That's exactly right. There's always wow. a tug of war. Yeah. 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 Yes. And, and the idea of like doing this internal family systems is helping there be more harmony in the system mm. um, among, among all the parts and having, you know, you yourself having a better relation, like you can relate to each of them and you can give them um, attention and uh, understanding. Yeah. You know, just thinking about anger, like I see you, I get it. I get why you're here and what your purpose is Mm -hmm. you're legitimate you know i yeah wow this is is. a lot (laughs) i like love it really like this is really like a profound way of thinking about yourself like your whole self yes wow i yeah wow this is (laughs) It's going to take a moment for me to process, and I absolutely love that. Yes. Yes. I am yeah. I am so grateful, Jenny. Thank you for, you know, going through that with me. And I, yes. You're so welcome. I, I love bringing this to people. I, I really love introducing this to people because I really do feel it's life-changing. And, yes. Um, yeah. Wow. Jenny, thank you so much for all of your insight um and just for taking time to be with us would you consider coming back at some point i would love to come back i would yeah thanks for having me i would love to come back you are yeah you're so welcome yeah this was this was good and i think our listeners are really going to get a lot from this oh that'd be great Absolutely. I mean, just the techniques alone, like this is, yeah, people, I think people are, are looking for something, you know, um, Mm -hmm. to grasp onto just to, like I said earlier, like to make sense of it all, like, what do I do? Where do I go? And, you know, this Mm kind of gives me that, like, like a little bit of a foundation, like I never would have thought to think of, okay, right now, my anxiety, like acknowledging where I am, my anxiety is at a three. I don't want to get to a 10, but if I get to a 10, I know what to do because I've practiced. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. And I really, we look forward to having you back and, you know, yes. definitely, you know, diving deep because this whole, this whole mental connection, there are so many yeah. moving parts to this, you know? Yeah. Yes. Literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Literally. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> listeners, I hope. I was it's a pleasure. Because I'm, I have a great big smile on my face. It's just really it's so nice hanging out with you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you again. And thank you for tuning in to Myelin and Melanin. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Myelin and Melanin. Also, we have a YouTube channel, so be sure to look all of us, all of all of our social media um, up and, and enjoy. And thank you to everyone for being with us yes, for a year. Thank you. Yes.
We love all yes. of you. And we look forward to bringing you a lot more. And there are so many more ex exciting episodes. So, yeah. Yeah. So thanks again. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.